Yo, everybody, this is Larry Henry Jr. from Fox Sports The Gambler, Philadelphia. Uh, good to be back talking this time some NFL draft as we uh, talk about what happened in the NFL world last night. Uh, unfortunately, no NFL draft in person, but uh, we, we made the most of what we had with the virtual uh, scenario. And joining me today is, uh, is a good friend of mine, uh, rising up the ranks of, of the NFL and college football writing and podcasting and everything else scene uh ryan roberts you can find him on twitter at rise n the letter n draft you can find him on twitter he does a great job nfl draft bible uh also pro football ready uk and network brawl as well uh ryan thanks a lot for joining me today and uh happy to talk some uh some football first time in a while yeah, man. It's uh, definitely been a while with the quarantine and everything. I appreciate you having me on. Excited to talk it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, something I love talking about all day anyway. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, everyone's staying safe. Uh, finding any uh, odd jobs to do around the uh, around the house? Yeah, you know, it's um, we, we just got a tree taken out the other day. We're trying to get the backyard looking as nice as possible. Just, you know, trying to stay stay busy. How's, how's everything on your end with Nora and everything? Everything good? Yeah, everything's going good, man. Uh, you know, I've been, been going over there every weekend, uh, probably breaking the law while doing it. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's not too bad. Um, just, uh, you know, we just go, we'll just basically Netflix and, and watch everything on Hulu and playing board games which is like the first time in like a long time playing uh board games and stuff but uh yeah i mean i, I think this will all pass eventually it's just you know i know a lot of people are probably getting uh getting a little crazy just sitting inside and uh and not not doing too much but uh but yeah um so yeah so nfl draft last night uh big first round uh it was real real fun to watch um i was counting the minutes to see if we were going to get done at 2:30 in the morning with how slow it was going um so first off wanted to get your opinion um i have to touch on joe burrow just because he he seemed the clear cut favorite to go number 1 to cincinnati um we we saw what he was able to do at lsu really uh rose up the ranks uh, it was funny hearing that he was listed as like a six round pick, uh, two years ago, uh, Mel, Mel Kuyper's, uh, mock draft or rankings. And then he skyrocketed up to the number one pick. Um, Rye, what's your, what's your opinion on Joe Burrow? Uh, do, do you see this guy really making an impact right away? Uh, do you think he's going to need some time? And overall, we look down the years. Do you think that we're looking at a, at an all pro quarterback here? Yeah, so I mean, the LSU crop that's coming out this year is is I mean, it speaks for itself. The, the type of college football season they were to have. I, I know when I was speaking with a couple guys yesterday, it was like, you know, six round grade for Joe Burrow by some before the season. Patrick Queen goes in the first round, the great LSU linebacker that wasn't even a starter to begin the year, and then we got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that ends the first round. It's like those three guys were not even talked about in that hemisphere before the before the uh, season began. So just really fun story. It, to, for specifically for Joe, I mean, he's going to have to transcend to that that number one overall pick. Obviously, he's going to have to be the starting quarterback from day one, which he is very prepared for. It's it's something that you can quantify some things, but the ability from the mental aspect of the position is so undersold, and that's why most guys have an incomplete. Um, quarterback evaluation until you are able to sit down with a guy, see if he understands pre, post, snap reads, how to how to um, 
you know, go through coverages, how to adjust accordingly. Joe Burrow hits all those mental aspects, and you know, you can dock him a little bit with arm strength. It's nothing special. He's he's pretty average in terms of just pure velocity and arm strength, but the mental aspects really separate for him for me. So, you know, over the last few years, he's one of the, the highest um quarterback evaluations I've had I feel like that's going to change very quickly next year when the Trevor Lawrence's of the world come out but for now there there hasn't been a guy I mean last year's class was was you know talked about a little bit with Kyler Murray and stuff I I think Joe Burrow is a higher prospect than let's say um, him coming out we had that great quarterback class with Sam Darnold and Lamar Jackson I feel like he would have been right up there in that conversation too so I think Joe Burrow is definitely well-equipped to handle this responsibility of being the number one overall pick, the the scrutiny that comes with it. And uh, I'm just really excited. You know, it's Cincinnati has not had a lot of success over the last few years, you know, since Marvin Lewis um, obviously left. But even the last couple of years, um, you know, Marvin Lewis's tenure really started to go downhill and they haven't been a successful program for a few years now. So excited to see what Joe has. And yes, I do think that he makes an immediate impact and ultimately he earns that that billing of being the top overall player in the draft. Yeah, it was just amazing to really see what he did at LSU. Uh, I mean, obviously I didn't watch too, too much of him two years ago, but um, he really just, he really just kind of stayed the course, did really well. I mean, the amount of guys from that LSU team, like you said, uh, to go in the first round, I think overall in the draft is going to be pretty uh, astonishing. The amount of talent coming from that national championship winning team. Um, he's going to obviously have um, have some some probably some tough days ahead of him, just being with the Bengals and knowing that that division it's not going to be easy with the likes of Baltimore and I, I think Pittsburgh obviously is going to rebuild as well and get back to, to their ways, um, as two, uh, going through the first round, um, not the first, not only the first round, but the top 10 picks, was there, um, you know, any big surprises that you saw? I mean, a lot of the guys, I think in the top 10 really, you know, speak for themselves. Um, a couple guys, I mean, I had penciled in, in my mock draft that actually, uh, you know, that I could actually say I got right were the first three and then a couple other, obviously two, uh, uh, Tagovailoa going to Miami. I'm sure your dad's uh, uh, all ecstatic with that pick. And then uh, and then also Derek Brown going to Carolina. I think the biggest steal in the top 10 was uh, was Arizona getting Isaiah Simmons falling at number eight. I mean, you get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and free agency on the offensive side. Now you get Isaiah Simmons, who uh, is just a monster on the defensive side. But uh, what, what's your take, Ryan? I mean, I, I think that right right up until like pick 15 even, it would have extended a little bit. Like I, I feel like it was pretty predictable to a sense. The guys that we felt like should be in that top 15 were in, in the right area. Now, whether that is, you know, the offensive tackle slots, if you had a different offensive tackle over the, over the other top four, there's some, you know, obviously changing of, of um, you know, perspective on that type of thing. But I feel like it was pretty consistent – Isaiah Simmons was kind of a guy that I felt like was going to drop down a little bit if the Giants didn't take him because then you had that little quarterback bubble with Miami and and um, the Chargers and you know, maybe Carolina could have taken him. So I felt like he was in that little bubble. I think my biggest surprise, though, for the top 10 overall was I was completely certain that the that the uh, Detroit Lions were going to trade back. I, I just really felt that that was the prime target spot for Miami or the Chargers to really trade up and, and secure their guy, make sure that they don't lose out to the other. But 
I, I'm wondering how much the virtual um, aspect of everything, how they were able to communicate, really affected the ability to do trades as smoothly as it might be usually. So my, my biggest surprise was just uh, the trade aspect. I thought there was going to be at least one in that top 10. There wasn't, but I felt like for the most part, the players we saw go in that range were pretty consistent to what we had been hearing. Yeah, it's um, it was definitely uh, intriguing to see how it all shook out. Um, I thought definitely for sure there was going to be some trades. Um, it was funny because there was like there was no trades obviously, um, right off the bat, and we were still having kind of a slow process with the the first uh, ten picks. Um, moving forward in the draft, I mean, we we know that this class of wide receivers is is really talented, uh, one of the best probably in, in the past years. Um, Going through the guys, I mean, it seemed like every day there was a different guy getting shuffled up as maybe the number one receiver. I mean, Henry Ruggs uh, was listed one time, then you had Jerry Judy, then you had C.D. Lamb. Um, were, were you uh, shocked with how the, the wide receivers kind of uh, went with, with Ruggs, going, uh, Ruggs going first to, to Las Vegas, and then you had Jerry Judy to Denver, and then uh, C.D. Lamb uh, going to Dallas with the Cowboys really breaking the Eagles fans' hearts there? Yeah, so, I mean, if we're talking about just how I graded it, I had Jerry Judy as my number one, C.D. Lamb as two, and then Henry Ruggs three. But I was on record. I I posted a few days ago, and um, some people said I was a little crazy. But I said Henry Ruggs was going to be the first off the board, in my opinion. People fall in love with speed. It's the NFL game. And it, it's very appropriate that the Raiders, who have been historically – I know Al Davis obviously is not with us anymore, but historically that has been the brand, speed. Um, so I was not surprised Henry Ruggs went off. And then when Denver got up to the pick, um, people obviously were saying, is this CD or is this Jerry Judy? I thought it was going to be Jerry Judy. I called this one right as well, just because I feel like stylistically they met uh, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton mesh a little better than, um, than CD lamb and Cortland Sutton would. They kind of, you know, they're, they're um, catch point receivers, um, you know, CD Lamb could give you a little more, a little something more after the catch than Cortland can, but I felt like how Jerry Judy wins meshes better with Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's going to win on a vertical plane. He's going to win in the air, and Jerry Judy is that guy that you can move around a little bit. He's an excellent route runner. He creates instant separation. I, I feel like they they just mesh a little better. So I really wasn't surprised with how the board fell, what the order was. I would say that I felt like I thought maybe an Eagles team that you kind of mentioned a little bit might try to jump up there because at the point of 17, Dallas was like, okay, we have needs in the secondary. Travis Frederick just retired. Maybe we can, you know, get Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. I feel like that's probably their, their mindset. Maybe even Caleb on chase on the defensive end on the other side of DeMarcus Lawrence. But I felt like once CD was there, they were just like, you know, we have to take the best player available because we did not think he was going to be there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty uh, it was hectic times, at least, uh, watching and just waiting to see if the Eagles were going to make a, a move. And, and then the reports came out today that Howie Roseman was talking to teams above um, above Dallas in 17. So maybe it was the likes of, uh, of Denver, um, maybe also Atlanta as well, just to jump in front of Dallas um, to get a guy like C.D. Lamb. I mean, we know that the Eagles are, have, have, have their struggles at wide receiver. I mean, players were... We're injured last year, but still, I mean, there's not a lot of um, 
there's not a lot of excitement right now probably going for the Eagles uh, offensively with at the receiver position going into 2020. Um, but again, Howie Roseman didn't pull the trigger with the trade. Uh, the reports were that, that those teams that, uh, that we don't know the teams um, exactly, but they wanted the second, the Eagles second round pick, which the Eagles weren't r- ready to get rid of um, to move up. And then ultimately we keep going down the list and, and the Eagles do get a wide receiver. They, they get Jalen Rieger out of TCU who um, really kind of, moved up the ch- a lot of uh, the NFL analyst mock dra- uh, mock charts and everything, rankings for wide receiver. Um, I think this guy is definitely talented. Uh, you know, he ran a 4-4-7 uh, at the Combine. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the, with the Sean Jackson in the Eagles, so that the Eagles definitely need some speed. Um, but I know a lot of the fans uh, last night and also today really kind of uh, maybe bashing the pick because Justin Jefferson was still on the board. Um, he goes a pick later to Minnesota, who uh, definitely needed a wide receiver, I think, to, to fill in for Stephon Diggs uh, going to Buffalo. Um, Ryan, what, what was your uh, opinion on Jalen Rieger uh, overall? And uh, do you think that's a good fit for the Eagles? And do you see this guy uh, making an impact in year one? See, I, I expected that they would have the option to get Justin Jefferson just with how the board was going to fall. We have the offensive tackles. We have the quarterback run. We have the wide receiver run, the top three presumed. So I've been, I've been on, a, on, on, you know, on record for a while now. Like I, Justin Jefferson's a good football player. Like let's not put it out there um, and let's not get that twisted. But I have been on record that I thought Jalen Rieger um, sorry, Jalen Rager. Uh, I always forget that that's how it's actually pronounced. Jalen Rager was a better fit schematically for the Eagles. And if we're even getting a little more in depth on it, he's my he was ranked ahead of J- uh, Justin Jefferson for me uh, as far as wide receiver rankings in a vacuum. Now, the fit wise, Justin Jefferson would be a, an upgrade over what they had last year. Like that's easy to see. The Eagles needed desperate help at the wide receiver position. There's no doubt about it. My problem is. You have, uh, for the Eagles, you have some slot options. They like to put Ertz in the slot, Goddard in the slot from time to time. They, they have the tight ends. They have some wide receivers that fit okay in that, in that kind of um, in that role as well. Justin Jefferson does his best work in the slot as well. I don't think that the, the, that, um, that combination would have meshed incredibly well just because I feel like you needed some vertical element here to really improve the spacing. Everything right now is so condensed. Everything last year I just felt was just so condensed and just so much um, tight window throws. I, I want to see Jalen Rager in this offense because – he is a guy that you could play outside, you could play inside, but the thing he gives you immediately is safeties have to pay attention to him when he's running a, a post, when he's running a deep route, any type of deep action, deep overs, whatever it is. He's a threat in that area that's going to open up everything underneath for guys. And, I mean, to be very honest, Jalen Rager's 2019 film was not as consistent as 2018, mostly due to the fact of his quarterback play this past year. I, I saw a stat I was like, 30-something percent of the passes thrown to Jalen Rager were uncatch- were deemed uncatchable. Like, it was just not a good situation for him. But, I, I mean, I, I've been on record here, Larry. I, I think that Jalen Rager is the perfect fit. I think he is a better football player, honestly, than Justin Jefferson, even though Justin Jefferson just had the huge year for LSU. I think there's a higher upside here. 
and people are freaking out. You know, when he went to the combine, ran only ran four four seven. If you watch this kid, man, he's he's fast. He's he's a he's a legit four three kid. He played at one hundred ninety five pounds. He showed up to the combine at two oh eight. I don't know whose idea it was for him to bulk up and lose some of his time speed, but this kid is explosive. He was a twenty five plus foot long jumper in high school. He is a he's an absolute freak, and and we and we, we every time you turn on the film, you see him just blowing past guys. I feel like Jalen Rager is the perfect fit for what the Eagles need, and I absolutely love the pick. Unlike most Eagles fans, which is a little surprising to me. The thing with Jalen Rager is, I mean, like you you touched on it with the quarterback play, and two is I'm not big on. Um, especially with the guys that explode for all these stats in college, because I mean Justin Jefferson, obviously there was a guy weeks ago I was uh, was saying on Fox Sports the Gambler with Sean Brace um, that that was the guy that if he fell to the Eagles at 21, that's the guy I wanted. That's the guy a lot of people seem to want. Um, and, and, but again, you can a lot. He was playing with Joe Burrow. He's playing with the Heisman Trophy winner. He's playing with the number one pick um, as well. So that that's. That's another big thing going for Justin Jefferson compared to Jalen Rager. Um, I was a little shocked, though, the fact that that Jalen Rager was was maybe ahead of the likes of uh, of again Justin Jefferson, uh, Brandon Ayuk also going in the first round as well. Uh, another guy with a with a really good uh, another good story in, in his college football career, um, and then also a couple other guys I think that were mentioned earlier uh, in 2020, like T Higgins as well at Clemson. He was a guy that I think that a lot of people thought in the first round and then he, he wasn't, uh, wasn't picked as well. Um, do, do you see that, that being a little bit of an issue or do you see, did you, did you think that like a guy like Ayuk or Higgins or uh, I mean, we just touched on Jefferson, but those two guys might've been higher than Jalen Rager in this case. So, I mean, so how I had it graded out, I had Jalen Rager as my wide receiver four um, after after the big presumed three. I, I'm a big fan of him. And, I, I mean, so stylistically, it, it's comparing apples to oranges a little bit. You know, the guy, the way these guys win are completely different. Justin Jefferson's that guy that could run in slot. He understands um, spacing. He understands how to sit down in zones. He's a good route runner. He ran a lot faster than I thought he was going to run. But, like, you don't really see – the explosive vertical threat with him. He's he's more like a – I don't want to call him Stephon Diggs because Diggs can get deep, but he's got kind of that that looseness to him as a route runner. He's more of an intermediate route winner. And then Ayuk is a tough evaluation because you can sell Ayuk to me being the better player um, two years from now, two to three years from now. I just don't think that he's going to help you immediately. And right now, I think the Eagles – I mean, as Jalen Rager is is improving his route tree and he's improving just being a better route runner and different things like that, I feel like at the moment he steps on the football field, he gives you that vertical threat to at least threaten a defense and to improve that space. So I, I've been on completely on board with Jalen Rager over those couple guys. I get the selling points. And, you know, again, we're talking stylistically, guys that are so different, it's a tough call. But I, I mean, if I was an Eagles fan, I would be ecstatic when you when, just go look at some TCU um, film from the last couple of years, man. This guy has some of the best flashes, things that he needs to improve on. But I think immediately he adds an element to your offense that you just don't have right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think, um, again, there's always going to be 
in Philadelphia, there's always going to be a lot of people, I think, that are maybe uh, a little down because it's not the player they wanted or the, the big-name guy that maybe went to the bigger school. And obviously, Dustin Jefferson's resume speaks for itself because he's just coming off an amazing year and um, and won a national championship. So I think Jalen Rager is going to going to pan out pretty well. Uh, he's going to need some time, and I think the Eagles are definitely going to have to uh, to get to get another wide out later in this draft. There's there's a lot of other guys, uh, talented guys in the middle rounds. I mean, guys I had even linked with my mock draft, like uh, players like Tyler Johnson, I think. Devin Duvernay is another one. I, I think they have to go get another wide receiver um, just because of the, the lack of um, – experience outside of the uh the Sean Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey um do, do you see them uh do you see them making another move in this draft Ryan getting another wide receiver you probably you have to right yeah I I think the key is to get the right guy now that you got a little bit of the vertical speed you have the Sean coming back I, I know it's probably only for another year but you have a couple vertical guys now I feel like to, you need to get a guy that has a little more, you know, a bigger frame, ability to win at the catch point, do types of things like that, possess your receiver type. I feel like Michael Pittman Jr. from USC would be perfect if he's slipping somewhere to the third round, somewhere late day two. Um, I think Antonio, Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty is a nice guy. I, I feel like you need to add a little size to that room now with, with the vertical element. But, yeah, I think that they will be in the market. I'm just wondering how high they go for the next wide receiver. I, I don't see them going back-to-back wide receivers with the first two picks, but I definitely do see them investing to help to continue to help that wide receiver room. For sure, yeah. And there's other positions I, I even said in, in my previous mock drafts that they need to need to focus on as well. I, I still think they need help with the linebacker position. Um, still need, uh, I think, some depth on the offensive line. Uh, also, I think – they get a running back in this draft would, would help Miles Sanders because right now you only have Miles Sanders and Boston Scott really is the only guys that have, have touched the uh, touched the ball uh, in in the tailback core and um, and then also some secondary they got just got Darius Slay so I think they're going to need uh, some secondary help as well because we don't know how this whole uh, Jalen Mills moving to safety uh, plan is going to go um, but back to the draft uh, continuing down the first round. Um, Los Angeles Chargers, I think, were one of my big winners of the first round, just because the the fact that they got Justin Herbert earlier in the in the first round, and then uh, they go out and get Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, who was a guy that the Eagles were linked with. If there was no, uh, maybe if the receivers they wanted weren't on the board, or maybe they weren't sold on Jalen Rager, but um, I would have happily taken Kenneth Murray uh, from Oklahoma. Um, ultimately, right, uh, the Chargers are they one of the, your winners in the in the first round? Um, I mean, so I'm a, I'm a little lukewarm on them. I mean, so to start with your point, the, I don't think the Eagles have drafted a first-round linebacker since like 1976 or some ridiculous number like that. So I don't know if that was ever an actually uh, an option for them. But I'll say this. I mean, hey, like you need your leaders on both sides of the football. Obviously, the quarterback position we know is a natural leader whether they want them to be or not. And, uh, and a middle linebacker. Those are the two positions. Even though linebackers are becoming devalued um, a little bit in the NFL, the ability to have a three-down backer is still paramount in the game. It makes you such a better um, defense overall, being able to get people aligned. So, hey, if, if Justin Jer- uh, Justin Herbert is your guy and you're you're sold on him, take your guy with the sixth pick. That, that, that is a good investment in my opinion. Now, 
Kenneth Murray, I have a little bit of concern with him, but hey, man, like leadership, that type of thing, I have no concern. He he brings a element of speed and athleticism to that the uh, second level, the defense that they haven't had in a long time now. So I I, I, I if I had to give it a grade, I would probably give it like a B, uh, a B plus, you know, somewhere in there. Like I think it's I think it's rock solid. You're you're investing in the right places. I don't think I'm as sold on on them as much as some others, but hey, you could have done it uh, definitely a lot worse, and, and at least you took the shot, you know. And again, if you think that Justin Herbert is your that your guy, there at the sixth pick, then that's a bargain, you know, six overall pick for whoever who you deem to be the franchise changer quarterback. So lukewarm a little bit, but I, I totally get the mindset, and I give them a passing grade for the fact of at worst. They took a chance to to improve in areas that were paramount to an NFL team success. Now, sticking with the with the linebacker position, as we just talked about, Kenneth Murray uh, going later in the first round. Um, Seattle Seahawks and uh, also the Baltimore Ravens uh, going back to back with linebackers here. Um, I was really surprised to see Jordan Brooks going twenty uh, seventh compared to to Patrick Queen at twenty eighth. Um, I know I'm probably not alone in that category. As uh, I know you were saying uh, saying on your Twitter about Jordan Brooks. Um, do do you uh, validate this move by Seattle? Because I think Patrick Queen is uh, is miles better than Jordan Brooks. It was, it was, um, I mean, so first and foremost, like when Seattle goes on the clock, you always expect some weird thing to happen. I mean, you, you go back to last year with LJ Collier and Jermaine Effetti a few years ago, Rashad Penny in the first round, like they always do something that's just completely outside of the box. Does it work for them? I mean, those guys haven't really hit. They're they're a good um, franchise. They're a stable team. They have a good coach. They have a good quarterback. They're able to win. Now, their formula for success in first-round picks is very odd. And, you know, the minute they went on the clock, I'm like, what are they going to do here? Like, I expected offensive line maybe. I was just trying to rack my brain a little bit. Maybe secondary is the place that they were looking at. I'm trying to rack my brain and then – a linebacker comes on the board. My immediate thought is, you know, I guess maybe they're looking Patrick Queen that starts to get thrown out there a little bit for whatever reason. It doesn't make a ton of sense. But then Jordan Brooks goes off the board, and it's it's that is the biggest head scratcher of the first round easily. I mean, I know some people are very high on him. I had him, I think, 141st player on my board. Like he's not great, man. Like his team is just not good. I don't think he tra- what he does well translates that well to the NFL at least early on. I know he's an explosive athlete. I get it. And then when you couple that in with like Seattle is, you know, they have Bobby Wagner. They have KJ Wright, at least for one more year. It it seems like that's a position that's not going to help them in the near future unless you're selling him as a weak side linebacker in a 4-3 alignment. But like how many guys, how many teams, I should say, play base defense uh, you know the majority now is is nickel you're going to see two backers at most mo- at the majority of the time so it's just a w- odd move and then i'm sure baltimore was like thank you thank you so much you know I, i'm sure they heard like linebacker and they're like oh we lost out on patrick queen and baltimore is what baltimore always is they make the right moves that's why they're a pretty consistent franchise for a long time eric DaCosta does a great job over there uh, with the scouting department and making their proper moves and they got their guy, Patrick Queen. Um, you know, I I gave Patrick Queen an early second round grade, uh, which, you know, doesn't sound like a, a proper fit. But, you know, in that spot with the need that they have at linebacker, it made total sense. Um, a, a slam dunk, um, a slam dunk um, pick, in my opinion. And 
you know, they were fortunate that the Seahawks continued to be the Seahawks. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny to see afterwards uh, this morning Lamar Jackson coming out and uh, labeling Patrick Queen as Ray Lewis Jr. Uh, I don't I don't know about all that. I mean, obviously he's gonna have to come come in right away. But he, I mean, his again his resume speaks for himself. Uh, national champion last year, defense defensive MVP in the title game. Um, but I don't know if Lamar Jackson's just kind of blowing uh, smoke a little bit uh, right off the bat, or just trying to hype his guy up. But I think it's a perfect fit, like you said. Uh, Baltimore is a team that obviously for years was known for uh, defense. And I think, you know, they want to continue that trend now that the offense is really uh, maybe has stepped in the right direction with Lamar Jackson. Um, and then going, continuing through the first round, we had a couple picks left. Um, obviously Minnesota uh, getting Jeff Gladney at cornerback. Um, I, I kind of had him as maybe a late first round guy second and then into the second. And then also uh, I think Kansas city with a, with a huge steal uh, to end the first round, getting Clyde Edwards Hilaire, just what he does with the ball in his hands, his ability to catch the ball. Um, I think that in, him and that system, uh, it can Andy Reed and in Kansas city. I think that's just another uh, going to be another huge weapon for the offense and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what would you think about that? Uh, that strong pick to end the Dre Fry? I mean, so if, if you're telling me Kansas City is going to take a running back there at the last pick, uh, the two guys that come to mind immediately are DeAndre Swift from Georgia and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just because of how Kansas City's offense, um, how it operates. You know, they, they value um, creating space and manipulating it and then the ability to catch the football. Obviously, Edwards-Hilaire and Swift stand out in those areas. So I, I probably would have went with Swift, but I had no problem with the pick at all just because of how, like you said, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is able to win in multiple areas. And it's it's an embarrassment of riches adding him to what they already have in that passing game with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and, and um, tra- Travis Kelsey. And it's it's just ridiculous how good that offense is going to be. And, and uh, unfortunate for the NFL, it is probably going to be even better next year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and now tonight we got rounds two and three of the NFL draft and uh, and the Rams co- coming into the action uh, with with some picks, three, three picks, one in the second, two in the third, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, after not having any uh, first round picks. Um, Ryan, Rams fan, what, what are they going to do here? What, what, what do they need? So, so they actually have um, two seconds and a, and a third. They have um, number 52, and then they have 57, and they have one pick in the third. So, I mean, the, the needs that are easy to see on the Rams right now is they got Leonard Floyd from, from the uh, the Bears, the edge rusher. I feel like edge is still a huge need. You're, you are very unproven there with Dante Fowler leaving, Clay Matthews leaving this offseason. Edge. Linebacker, they have Micah Kaiser coming back who got injured um, before the season started, who's going to be one of their inside linebackers. I think they're going to be fine at one spot. Finding another immediate impact player at the inside linebacker spot is is paramount for this team. I think that that is really something that needs to happen. The front three down line should be very good. Um, The secondary should be just fine with Jalen Ramsey and John Johnson coming back. Offensive line, you, I, I feel like they're going to invest in that at some point. I don't know if it's going to be one of these next two second-round picks. And then obviously Todd Gurley um, go, leaving for the uh, Falcons this year, getting released um, this offseason. I feel like running back might be one of the picks. If I had to guess what is the two that they go at early here, 
I would say that it's going to be running back and linebacker in whatever order that you kind of pencil them in at. Well, we will we will see what happens tonight. Uh, it's going to, going to be fun. Uh, sometimes I always, I mean, we watched the draft together in the past, and I always love the uh, second, third round kind of uh, selections, maybe more than the first, just because you get more more action jammed in the one night. Um, any guys, uh, any kind of underrated guys uh, you're liking in uh, getting drafted tonight, Rye? Maybe not the bigger name guys at, at the top of a lot of best available sheets, but uh, some guys maybe uh, you could see uh, floating into the mix. Yeah, I mean, a couple of guys that I definitely think are going to get taken in the second day that I've just been pounding the table for for um, a couple of months now is is one is Justin Matabike, who plays at Texas A&M. He's a defensive tackle. I actually had him rated above Javon Kinlaw, which is like a super hot take on my part. But I think there is so much talent there. 295 pounds, 4'8", 40-yard dash, 31 reps on the bench. He has all the tools to be a really dominant three-tech at the next level. Was used incorrectly a lot in Aggieland over the last couple years. He was asked to two-gap a little bit. I feel like you get him on the outside shoulder of a guard, you take the shackles off, you let him go. I feel like there's something special there. And then the other guy I kind of want to highlight who I'm hoping the Rams maybe take a stab at with one of those two second-round picks if he's still there is Willie Gay Jr. from Mississippi State linebacker, a guy that didn't really start getting his publicity this offseason until he ran 4-4-6 of the combine, 39.5-inch vert, 11-4, broad jump, like stupid numbers for a 241-pound linebacker, like just absolutely astounding numbers. And now people are starting to go back to his tape because he's a guy that's was a little undervalued just because he was suspended for a few games this past season for um, academic issues, and then he punched his quarterback in the face at one point. So um, he's being undervalued a lot, but like when he's on the football field, that dude is talented. I, I saw a lot of Jalen Smith in his game when he plays. I really am a big fan. I would love to get him in the middle of that Rams defense potentially. So Willie Gay Jr., Justin Matabike, I think they're both going to come off here sometime in the second round and uh, definitely guys to keep an eye out for. We will see. We will see. Uh, a lot of talent definitely uh, floating around. Uh, one guy I, I, I want to touch on just because uh, I'm really hoping that uh, he somehow falls to the Eagles. I, I doubt he will um, is, uh, is Antoine Winfield Jr. I just think he just really kind of uh, moved up the charts. Obviously, we know we know the pedigree, NFL pedigree, with his dad, um, Andre Winfield, Antoine Winfield Sr. Excuse me, and just what he was able to do at Minnesota. They 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 had a really good season there, um, and you know he's a nice versatile guy. I think he would uh, could play a bunch of different roles in Jim Schwartz's defense. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are going to get him. Uh, that's just my last chance of saying that I hope they get him, but. Um, I think that he's uh, definitely going to be a guy going uh, tonight for sure. And uh, who knows, maybe the Eagles will uh, make up for not uh, moving up in the first round and be able to get a guy like this in the secondary. Um, one person's work that isn't going to stop is is, uh, is Ryan Roberts. Uh, Ryan, th- thanks a lot for uh, you know sitting down with me for this. I always want to get your take on a lot of these guys. Um, everyone follow Ryan uh, on Twitter at RiseNDraft. That's Rise, then the letter N. And draft uh, doing a great job uh, everything uh, whether it's NFL college football uh, D1 AA college football uh, guys uh, guys on the rise uh, right thanks a lot uh, enjoy the draft tonight and uh, and the rest of this weekend and stay safe my friend you too Larry appreciate you having me on man Be- uh, best wishes enjoy the rest of the drafts and I wish you uh, you and your family all the health thanks a lot man